Welcome to Everyday Buddhism, making every day better by applying the proven tools found in Buddhist concepts. Welcome to episode 12 of Everyday Buddhism, making every day better. You know, if there is one thing you can count on about me as your podcast host, it is that I am not predictable. My logically sketched plans for formatting this podcast, you know, starting with the Eightfold Path and then, only then, followed by a range of interesting subjects and practice ideas, you know, it keeps getting interrupted, interrupted by my whims, like, what does Buddhism say about and my discussions with Noah Rochetta and Meg Salter. But hey, I guess since it's my show, I can do whatever I want, right? <laughs> so what I want is more Cohen talk. So in keeping with my revolutionary nature and to celebrate 10,000 plus unique downloads as, as of this Thursday, 823, um, 10,000 plus downloads of my podcast since the two months I've been podcasting. You know, we have to celebrate that. I'd be cueing the fireworks sound effects for this if it wasn't for the fact that I really hate sound effects and other music or sounds interrupting the flow of a podcast I'm listening to. But okay, because I'm a revolutionary because we have reached 10,000 downloads and because I love koans, this episode will be my podcast's first part two. So expanding on our koan journey to a part two is also a result of some listener comments after the last episode, mentioning that they would like to have heard my take on other koans and that they could use more insight into maybe how to do a koan practice. So today we'll focus on one koan and talk a little bit more about the koan practice itself. The koan I talked about in the last episode and the one I will talk about in this episode can both be found on my website at the new blog section. You know, this blog section is now live. I talked about it, I think, in the last podcast. And I'm slowly uploading blog and article content I've written over 10 plus years, including some poetry, which I see is closely related to koans in living the everyday experience, in accepting things as they are, and actually seeing things as they are. So I'll share what I wrote years ago in my introduction to sharing poetry in my blog. I wrote, it is through poetry that I have been able to express my Buddha nature by expressing things exactly as they are. It is only in poetry that I feel I can speak to you without the restriction of the form of words. Stopping time, ending the separation between us, and uniting us in the immersion of suchness. Yes, I use words to write poetry, but the form of these words come from suchness itself, come from all life outside of me, through me, to you. As Shunru Suzuki said, when you do something, 
you should burn yourself completely like a good bonfire, leaving no trace of yourself. Whether you like poetry or not, I hope you enjoy the poetry I will occasionally share in this blog, and I hope as you read it, I, the I, will disappear. So that's how I introduced the use of poetry in my blog, and it's, again, what I see as the relationship between poetry and koans. You know, John Tarrant, in his book that I talked about in the last episode, Bring Me the Rhinoceros, wrote, when you observe common things closely, they have an empathetic quality, a thusness that is like a charge around them and which is both beautiful and satisfying. To see the way the corners of the room meet or the light bounces off a floorboard is enough of a reason for life. Painters understand that the interesting object is the round glass or the box or the rusty downpipe and that there is no need to reach for a meaning beyond what is visible. He continues, when there is no objection to the states of mind that arise, ordinary or painful or thick, then they have their moment and they move along then like clouds in the trade winds. And there is no flow in the thinker or in the moment that is taking place. Again, from John Tarrant, he's talking about that burning yourself completely, losing the eye through Cohen study or poetry. He wrote, when you are not afraid to forget who you are, Life in the kitchen or life in the office might contain huge and overwhelming happiness. Everything you look at might be so alive it looks back at you. Other people might not be who you thought they were. Family members might be as fresh and surprising as strangers. And you might be as fresh and surprising to yourself too. You might be an owl or an oak tree for a moment depending on what the world shows you. And finally, when you are not afraid of your happiness, you don't get in its way. And this to me, see, this to me is exactly why koan practice is is for everyday life. It is for taking up your everyday in the kitchen or in the office as a koan, or even if you want to think of it as a poem looking at your everyday and asking, what is this? Is this the corners of the room meeting? Is this light on a floorboard? What is this? This is what? So instead of blabbering on about all this, here is the cone practice I shared in my LinkedIn series. And now, which you can find in the blog article, Cohen's for Everyday Life, Manjushri Enters the Gate. So in Manjushri Enters the Gate, it is, uh, this koan is called the Iron Flute Case One. Now case is, um, is what they, they refer to as koans because the Japanese word koan means public case. It's like a compound word made up of the symbols. So the, when the Zen master is teaching the student, He's giving him 
the great doubt, if you will, of a koan and testing the student's recognition of principles beyond like the private opinion of one person. So it is a public case. So here's Manjushri enters the gate. One day as Manjushri stood outside the gate, the Buddha called to him, Manjushri, Manjushri, why do you not enter? Manjushri replied, well, I do not see myself outside. Why enter? Some background now on this koan. In Buddhist mythology, Manjushri is the bodhisattva representing wisdom. A bodhisattva means bodhi is from the Sanskrit, which means enlightened or awakened. And sattva means a being or a person or a spirit. So it can roughly be translated as a person who is focused on reaching the goal of enlightenment or whose very essence is enlightenment. So this koan describes how the Buddha was testing Manjushri's understanding of the Buddha's teachings. But what was he testing? Remember, a koan is a problem that can't be solved by the intellect or our typical classifications or conceptualizations. The Buddha wasn't testing, you know, Manjushri's ability to enter a gate or the fact that there was a gate to perceive by to be perceived by his senses. So we must we got to dig a little deeper, right? We have to dig deeper into Manjushri's answer. Let's pause and consider if Manjushri represents wisdom, right? Wisdom, which is, we've talked about this before, wisdom is very different than intellect. I'm sure your life experiences have clearly demonstrated the difference between intellect and wisdom as you observe your own thinking and the thinking of others. You know, it's like the old story goes. When a child turns to adult, he tends to remark how much smarter now his parents have gotten. (laughs) So Manjushri, representing wisdom, answers without even mentioning a gate. So this is clearly not an answer of intellect alone, but it must be one of direct wisdom. It would seem that he made the Buddha happy with that answer because he answered from wisdom, not, not from seeing with the hardened concepts of duality, like in the gate or out of the gate, right? He did not discriminate between inside the gate and outside the gate. He didn't even mention the gate. In where this koan came from, or I took it from the book Zen Koans by Reverend Gyome Kabose. His comment expresses that wisdom in this way. Manjushri replied, Reverend Gilmay writes, in effect, that there is no gate in the world of truth. Truth is everywhere. He was not outside of it, but still we feel that there is a gate. But it is a gateless gate. It's hard to enter, even though it stands wide open all the time. The gateless gates are numerous as many as there are people, each must enter through his, his own gate. So that is how Reverend Gilme Kabose helped us work with the koan. But each person must bring his or her own wisdom to the koan. 
So the test for us now would be, how can we use this particular koan in our everyday life? How can you use this koan to to break free from, you know, thinking ruts, hardened concepts, judgments, your gates? You can begin by asking yourself, where do you see gates? Is it a promotion or other title that you'd like to be considered for, but not sure you've been seen that way or not sure you've been seen as perfect for that? Is it another industry or job entirely? Or is it that you would like to do something that you're afraid to do? Do you see yourself as inside the gate or as outside the gate and no one's invited you in? And why, did you, why do you see yourself that way? Ask yourself, where have you discriminated between inside and outside? So what represents the inside to you? Is it money? Is it position? Is it security? Is it being liked? And what represents the outside? Have you thought to step inside or outside to see what it looks like? Have you really imagined in full detail how it would be to be on the other side of that gate that appears to you? Is it where you would like to be? Is it that much different than the quote-unquote side you are on now? And even if you aren't discriminating between inside and outside a gate, why haven't you entered? If you sense a gate between what you want and what you don't have, why haven't you made steps to enter? Is there a gate between you and someone else? Why do you think that gate is permanent? Maybe it doesn't exist at all. And maybe you could just walk through the gate, push it open, even though it was wide open all the time, and say, hi, when I work with this Cohen, this is what I typically have done. I end up asking myself, if Manjushri didn't see himself on the outside, then why didn't he enter? And that leads me to ask myself, where it is I haven't entered my life fully? Where is it I'm not allowing myself to truly enter into or connect to a person in my life or part of me that I haven't connected to ever or recently? Where am I content to be half-hearted or a half-hearted participant in a cause or activity? I believe in, or where I am just sort of going through the motions or doing something sort of without thinking instead of being fully engaged, jumping off the bleachers at the risk of possible failure, embarrassment, or the fear of being seen different. That's when we don't see a gate. Maybe the best practice using this koan is to ask yourself every day, where is the gate? Or just, where? Or, why should I enter? And another question to ask is, where have I put a gate of separation between 
myself and another, between my quote-unquote group and another group. Every time you pause to ask yourself to think again, you come one step closer to true wisdom. You come to the place where you don't see yourself or anyone else as outside or inside, and you clearly don't see a gate at all. So I invite you to take up this koan, you know, or another koan, either from my blog or a book or one you found through internet research, and work with it. Keep asking, where is the gate? Or just where? Or which side of the gate am I on? Or should I enter? If you take this experience as an adventure, you'll devote yourself to it with your whole self your whole body, your whole mind. It just may initiate you into a new way of seeing or a new way of being. By finding new ways to awaken yourself to life and experience the freedom that comes with living in life as it is. So that's it for today's episode, a shortened version, but a way to take this koan practice into your life. Thanks again for joining me. And again, I want to thank all of you who pushed this podcast downloads over 10,000 and to those who generously donated to help support my work and to all those who wrote with thanks and comments. Again, if you like this podcast, please consider supporting the work through ratings, reviews, or a donation on my website at everyday-buddhism.com. Until next time, keep making your everydays better.